Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Oh, here I am. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. We have quite a bit to go over today, and... Um, Everyone asked me, Joe, why are you concentrating so much on election fraud? I'm going to tell you why. Because no one else is. And I think that the, the danger in this, you know, yesterday we talked about the Republicans being the same thing as the Democrats, and it's your job to push truth. And, and they're trying to gaslight the entire American people. 68% know that the election was stolen in 2020. And so I had a conversation last night with a couple of people. One is a, a heads up, is a, the, the chair of the Republican Party for a, a sub-chapter. And I think Idaho. No, no, Ohio. And his comment to me was simple. Joe, move on. You have the Republican Party trying to tell you to move on. Why? Why are they telling you to move on? Well, I'm going to tell you why they're going to tell you to move on, but first I'm going to do a read for one of our partners because we have a panel today. We have a couple people that couldn't make it. We're going to have them back on at the end of the week. But I want you to pay attention to a few things that they're going to be saying, and we're going to be talking about multi-states. So we got a bunch of people that are going to be on tonight today from different states. Now, the reason why I'm doing that is because as we get further down this rabbit hole and we start talking about the fact there's nothing to see here, they're, they're, they're basically slandering good people's names. See, I'm a good man. I've given away a lot. And when the people on the other side can infiltrate the Republican Party because they are nothing different than the DNC, they're no different. And when they can create movies and tell you that, oh, it's, it's mules that are doing it because they don't want you to look at the machines. And they don't want you to look at the machines because the machines hold all of the keys to being able to manipulate the election. See, they're divvying up power. And they want to treat us as if we're conspiracy theories. i got to tell you something. Number one, I've never been extreme about anything. And number two, it's not a theory. We've proven it in nearly every state. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring our guests on, and I'll introduce them. Um... Welcome to the show. We have Mark Fincham, Garland Favorito, Stephanie Lambert, and Tom Carroll. So I'll just kind of go through this. Mark is from Arizona. Garland is from Georgia. Stephanie is from Michigan and Pennsylvania. And Tom Wider Carroll <laughs> is from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm going to start at the top. Mark, I'm going to let you go first. Just tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I'm sure they know you. And then we've got some great, some not great news, but we have some news that we want to share with people on what the Republican Party and what, what your, your own people are doing to, to remove you. 
from running for office. Thank you for the invitation, Joe. I appreciate it. Um, so a um, little bit about my work history, 21 years, a, a DPS officer in West Michigan. That's law enforcement, um, criminal investigation, moved to Arizona, um, a number of different things I, I did in my life just to give me a rounded work experience. I have a master's degree from University of Arizona Rogers Law School in Law and Economics, bachelor's degree from Grand Canyon University in state and local public policy. And I'm now described by the world economic as a political arsonist. Just because I stood up for my constituents and said, hey, uh, you know, there's something quite not right about the Maricopa County election. And then we started looking at Pima County and Yuma County. And yes, we do have some indictments. We have had some arrests down in Yuma County for uh, um, ballot harvesting and there's more to come. So make sure you watch 2000 Mules. Um, but now, uh, apparently I am the threat in Arizona because the Marxists in the uh, in the special NGO world have filed suit to try and knock me off the ballot uh, because they claim I'm an insurrectionist, unqualified elector. So we'll go to court on Tuesday and try and defend that. So you're you're an insurrectionist. So in essence, they're trying to silence you from being able to yeah. run and represent people and give the the public the opportunity to decide who better represents them. Now they get to decide. Yeah. Who gets well, to represent? One of the one of the plaintiffs goes by the name of uh, free speech something or other. Yeah, it's the hypocrisy of the left has absolutely no restraint. But my guess is it includes people on the right that are a part of that. Oh yeah, I'm sure that uh, there is a certain amount of John McCain money that's um, probably sitting around in that slush fund. John McCain money, gotta love it. Garland, welcome to the sh yeah, Garland, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be on with all of you. Um, uh, so my name is uh, Garland Favorite. I'm the co-founder of Voter GA. It's a nonpartisan nonprofit. was established 15 years ago to uh, basically ensure that we had election integrity in the state of Georgia. We filed this, as we talked about on your show, uh, Joe, a couple of weeks ago, that uh, back when the old uh, unverifiable voting machines, the uh, direct recording electronic machines, uh, which first came into Georgia, which they were uh, equally as bad, if not worse, than the ones that we have now. Uh, so we filed a lawsuit about that. Um, I'm a career IT professional. I've uh, been working in the IT world for about 40 years. And uh, we were uh, victimized not only by the, the ballots uh, being stuffed through drop boxes and ballot harvesters, but also as we went over on your show, which was a great segment, which uh, we showed that irrefutable proof that the electronic voting images, which are required for tabulation, were manipulated electronically in Fulton County prior to the certification of the results. And the evidence is out there. It has still has not been refuted by anyone uh, in the state of Georgia or the country or anywhere else in the world so far. So um, I'll leave it with that. And uh, it's great to be on with so many high profile folks. I, I got to tell you, the more you get into what you're doing in Georgia, they're not refuting it. They're not even talking about it. And the media is ignoring it. Right. That's a, that's a, that's the strategy. If they can't, they either try to refute, refute you, which they can't do. Then they'll try to discredit you. They, and they tried that for a while. They're sort of kind of halfway given up on that. So uh, basically, the, the next alternative is to use the silent treatment and just try to ignore us altogether. That's what they're doing locally. 
down here. Um, the, you know, the press conference that we uh, talked about on your show, Joe, went uh, viral, had 50,000 views in a day and 100,000 in a week. We got the number of stories down here locally was exactly zero. Uh, no, no stories in the local news media in Georgia about what we think was probably one of the most significant uh, events that's ever happened in electronic voting history. Nobody's ever taken an, an actual live election and shown that it was uh, fraudulent and electronically manipulated. Okay, so if if all of that is the case, and, and, I, and I, I, we're going to come back to this. Let me. I'm going to put a pin in it, and I'm going to move over to Stephanie and let her introduce herself. She also had was on the show here in the last week um, with Tom. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Having me on. My name is Stephanie Lambert. I'm an attorney from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I'm a former prosecutor. I was a prosecutor for about 12 years. I'm in private practice now. I'm working on several cases uh, with Tom Carroll as my co-counsel in Pennsylvania, and I have a case pending in Michigan as well. And and you have video and audio <laughs> proof of fraud. That's correct. Um, Tom and I have a case filed in uh, Delaware County, Pennsylvania, where we have um, video and audio evidence proving that not only fraud occurred in the November 3rd, 2020 election, uh, but that the election officials tried to cover it up and hide it to avoid transparency. Wow. And we, you guys can go back and watch that show as well. We'll probably revert back to a little bit of those uh, comments in there. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. And Tom, welcome. Local counsel in Pennsylvania. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, I am an attorney in Pennsylvania. I've been um, both a prosecutor and a uh, defense attorney. I've uh, I think I was a DA for seven years in two different counties over the period of time. And um, just so um, disgusted to see what's happened in our nation here in Pennsylvania, specifically with the uh, overwhelmingly uh, fraudulent uh, election process that is put together by a uniparty in our state, as well as probably across the nation. And it's really uh, exciting to be part of the process to reveal the truth. Well, and I, and I got to tell you, my, as the more that we watch what's happening in that case in Pennsylvania, I happened to go back through with a, a fine tooth comb and started reviewing some of the information. I, I'm, I'm astonished by some of the, the findings in Pennsylvania, and I'm even more astonished that the mainstream media has literally not brought, it hasn't talked about any of the cases that we're talking about. So, so the reason why I brought you all together, and we were going to have somebody from Colorado on, and we'll probably do another one of these is so that you can talk individually about what's happening in all these states so we can compare notes. So the people understand that we're not crazy. We didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm mad because Trump didn't win. You know, I think they cheated, this is not fair. That's not what we're doing. What we're doing is we're standing up and we're saying, all right, let's, let's not let them attack our sensibilities and tell us what's not true. We know that there was fraud on a mass proportion. And so I'm gonna, Mark, I'm gonna go back to you really quick. You guys had an audit. Mark, you with us? Okay, we're gonna get Mark back on. Uh, Garland, you did not have an audit, <laughs> but you had some pretty significant findings in Georgia. Yeah, so uh, Joe, our, our intent is to attempt to audit the state of Georgia without an audit. Uh, so we, we couldn't get it legislatively, but fortunately we got ballot images uh, to be made to become public record, and that allowed us to do a ton of research. 
we were also literally within one vote, one minute away from take from having ballots public record in the state of Georgia. We were literally one vote away. That vote would have taken about a, a minute. And the uh, legislation, which was unanimously backed by the Republicans in both the House and the Senate, was blocked by Governor Brian Kemp and Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan at the last instance. We would have even had ballots public record. And what, so what we found out when we did the ballot images and made them public record, we found that's how we found the tampering that existed. And that's why we were pushing the legislature to make ballots public record as well. Uh, and we almost had that. And uh, so, uh, and I'll stop there and, and let you ask questions. So. So, so here's a question. Why not make it public record? There is no rational explanation for not having ballots public record in every state in the America. Uh, we heard a couple of, of arguments against it. Elections officials didn't have time. They didn't ha uh, have, the, it cost too much. But in Georgia, under open records requests, which are very, uh, we have good open records request law here, we would have to pay the elections officials for that ballot inspection. Uh, we would have to compensate them for time. And so there's no argument uh, against it. You know, they, they, there is virtually nothing. And that's why we had unanimous support with it. The only argument is that if you want to cheat, uh, then you would not want ballots public record. And apparently the governor of Georgia is intending to cheat in the primary since he was the one, along with the lieutenant governor, who is a lame duck, who blocked it. Yeah, so we also heard, uh, you know, Candace Taylor, who is a, a wonderful woman and woman that I absolutely support. We're going to get her on the show. Um, yeah. She's running for governor of Georgia, and she's been yeah. gaslit by the media, and they've manipulated polls. And now we hear that they're going to be playing some funny stuff in order to make sure that she doesn't win the primary. Is that? Are you hearing the same thing? Uh, yeah, so Candace has been working her heart out here in Georgia for a year. She's visited every state. Uh, she's well known. She, uh, she, a lot of Vernon Jones supporters, when he dropped out, are going with Candace. Uh, so she has quite a, a following here that is uh, of dedicated folks who are not going to accept less than the, with another candidate. So yeah, Joe, she has a tremendous following here and, and they're, they're, not, they're dedicated people. Uh, they're, they're not just fly by nights who might pick up another candidate, but uh, she, she did this through really hard work and she's trying to see, uh, get an audit here. Uh, and no one really has worked harder in the state uh, than she has. Um, and she's gone to every, all four corners and every county to try to do that for us. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Stephanie, and, and you or Tom can probably answer this. Um, you know, you, you were on before. Sorry, Mark is back now. Um, you were on before, and you talked about all of the audio and video and the connections to other people. You talked about connections to the, to the, the, the teachers' union, sorry, excuse me, teachers' union, but the union officials. Um, the things that are happening in Georgia, are you familiar with those things? And are you seeing the similar things happening in Pennsylvania? 
Oh, you're, you're muted. Here we get to get you turned on here. All right, there we go. Thank you, Joe. Um, I am familiar with some of the things that have happened in the other states. And when people ask me, how did the fraud occur? I tell them that it happened on every level and in, in every fashion. People are confused. Was it machine fraud? Was it ballot stuffing? Was it local actors? And what I have found is that it's literally happened on every level, which has actually made it more difficult to trace down pinpoint and look at who's involved and how it happened rather than it happening in one isolated fashion or way by one person. Um, so in, in Pennsylvania, like we discussed, we have um, Jim Savage, who is the voting machine warehouse supervisor that had not been the voting machine warehouse supervisor prior to the November 3rd, 2020 election. He was placed in Delaware County and we've looked at the connections. Why, why was he brought to Delaware County, Pennsylvania? And we looked at his past history. He's part of the United Steelworkers Union. He was very high up within the union. Um, who else was high up within the union? We had Leo Gerard, who was his supervisor. Uh, and then we found a speech where Joe Biden was president, vice, excuse me, vice president in 2015. And uh, he said that he works for Leo Gerard, right? So we were able to just in a few steps tie all of those parties together, which is highly suspicious and something that we're closely looking at and researching. Um, Jim Savage doesn't just live in, uh, you know, Pennsylvania. He has a home in Costa Rica, which is also interesting because it doesn't exactly match the salary of a voting machine warehouse supervisor. He has a big home so, in Costa Rica. And by the way, I know how expensive Costa Rica is. Not a cheap place to buy anything. Correct. He has a, a nice home in, in Costa Rica that he has spent a lot of time bragging about that he had an architect build and design just for him in Margot Davidson, who was recently convicted of a crime while working for the government in Philadelphia. Um, so I could go on and on and on, but like we discussed, there wasn't one law followed in Delaware County, but the overall um, theme and what our proof and evidence shows is that it was intentional. They created intentional chaos to allow the fraud to be facilitated through select government and elected officials in within Delaware County. So Tom, you're your local counsel on this case in, in Pennsylvania. That is correct. And you're also a yes, former prosecutor. I, yes. And I think it's interesting when you talk about overwhelming uh, fraud in so many levels as being on the ground here in Pennsylvania. Um, even in the 21 election cycle, we saw overwhelming problems in various counties. In Lehigh County, for instance, there's a judge rate that's still not settled from the November election because they decided that they wanted to not count, um, to, to actually count an unsigned mail-in ballots. So we have a, a slew of problems that all came together to just absolutely uh, destroy the trust in, in this um in this election and uh, the evidence is overwhelming across not only Delaware County, but numerous other counties across Pennsylvania. And it's going on right now in the 22 cycle. And it's, it's, it's just repeating itself and we're letting it happen. It's becoming more evident. Um, well, we, we can get we, the, the, the elephant in the room, Mark, you dropped off as I was talking about it. You're the, you're the only one that's been able to do a full audit other than Otero County, which is underway right now in New Mexico. And you have Dr. Shiva and you have uh, David Clements and Aaron Clements that are working on that. Um, Mark, what happened? What, what happened in Arizona? You, every opportunity was there. Every opportunity. I've read the three volumes. What happened? But before that. 
This podcast is brought to you by IP Vanish. Tired of feeling like someone is always watching you? Maybe advertisers know a little bit too much. If you're concerned about privacy of your identity, using incognito mode doesn't always solve the problem. IP Vanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. It helps you browse the internet without exposing private details to third parties. If you use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, or your Fire Stick when you're streaming media, um, all of your data is encrypted. That means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is hit one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything that you do connected to the internet. Go to ipvanish.com slash daily. You have to do the slash daily. So ipvanish.com slash daily and use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash daily and use offer code daily. Okay. Well, you're muted. You're muted. You're muted, Mark. In, in what right. respect are you asking, Joe? Uh, is it relative to the, the resolution to set aside elections? Is it re- relative to prosecuting? What, give me an idea of where you want, what, what you're looking for in that, in that well, answer. Well, I think, I think that you know, I've seen you and Liz sp- step out right, and say, listen, th- these are the things that are happening. We've, we've, we've done the canvassing. This is what the canvas report is. Where the, the volumes came out, you had the cyber ninjas, which you know, had bounds of information. They left out things out of the report. Um, what happened? I mean, let's just go back to the report. It took longer than it yeah, should have. So what happened in the report? Why? That, Why? No, no, no. I, I kind of know where you want to go with that. So quite frankly, um, when we first, when the Senate first announced that they were going to do uh, an audit, my recommendation was for the Senate president not to run it. Appoint a trustee my, my pick was Janice Rogers Brown, uh, retired uh, D.C. appellate court judge, has been voting rights gal ever since she was a youngster, um, a black Republican, unassailable character. And they didn't do that. Instead, they continue to maintain control over it. Now, I am disappointed that um, just as the Maricopa County fraud it uh, was not a, a disinterested third party, we had the same problem with the Senate. The Senate had their fingers in the pie. So be that as it may, we've got a lot of good learning out of that and that you're seeing that in public policy. So for example, we just got a bill across the finish line, which shock of all shocks, Doug Ducey actually signed a bill that deals with election integrity, that deals with positive voter ID. And of course the left immediately went to court and tried to block it. Um, we've got the ballot fraud countermeasures paper that I'm a champion for. Um, we also have a bill that's making its way through the Senate right now that's one day voting on election day, paper vote or paper ballots and hand counting. Now, the Speaker of the House refused to hear that bill, but the President of the Senate did, and it looks like it's going to pass out of the Senate and come across the, uh, the plaza of the House to consider. So public policy wise, we're seeing some things happen that I think are going to make a difference. Um, we also have got great attention now because of all of this on the Secretary of State's race. That's why they're terrified of me, because I'm going to implement some of this stuff and I'm going to do it with fidelity. Um, now, as, as far as the prosecution piece, I think what 
what we're getting set up for here because we're now reaching the statute of limitations period because almost everything that's a violation is a violation out of the elections procedure manual. And that is, it's a class six misdemeanor. I mean, it's like a slap on the, on the wrist. But the report that came out, the interim report that was released by the attorney general's office this past week, vindicates everything that we have done, everything that the Senate done, the reasons that we had suspicion in the November 30th hearing, where we developed probable cause to turn over to the Senate so that they had enough to issue subpoenas on. We're now vindicated. In fact, the Attorney General has listed much of the evidence that we turned over, uh, some of it to Representative Gosar, um, and much of what would give rise to the notion that we have an irredeemably compromised election in at least Maricopa County and that it should be set aside. Now, will he go that far? I don't think that he's going to make a legislative recommendation, but I do think that he's going to come out with a statement that says, based on all this evidence, you can't choose a winner. And I think that that's a good place for us to be. Now, the problem is that we have members in the House of Representatives that, I don't know if it's a lack of intellect or a lack of political will, they do not understand plenary authority and they're unwilling to consider the existing jurisprudence about how far a legislature can go to set an election aside. Now, we're not talking about awarding electors to another party. We're simply saying these electors are being withdrawn because we can't declare a winner in good conscience. That's where I think this is going. It's going to be a Donnybrook on the floor of the House because that that resolution has to start in the House has to pass out of the House in order to go over to the Senate. Well, so Mark, there's lots happening. So, but so it's let, me, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question about this specifically. You have a majority. The, the Republicans have a majority in Arizona. Well, kind of. Okay. But on paper, you have a majority, <laughs> right? On paper, right? we have a majority. All right. Yeah. So, so yet last night I did a show and I talked about who's really our enemy, who is really stopping the American people from having a voice. And I'd, I'd be venture to say that it's not the Democrats. It's the power sharing cartel that is made up of Democrats, Republicans, and what I will call Democrats registered as Republicans. Yeah. Republicrats. Republicans. Yeah. Republicrats. But, yeah. And and it's easy to, to it's easy to infiltrate the Republican Party because in all of these shh, it's Kemp in in, in Georgia right it's it's Bernovich who, who's running out the clock Ducey, Bernovich I mean there's there's lots of them it's it's like this this ongoing deal that have betrayed the American people that have said listen your voice doesn't matter let's concentrate on 2022 and 2024 we can do nothing about 2020 when nearly 2,000 bills across the nation as a result of fraudulent elections and stolen elections from every level have been passed in 50 right. states. And it reminds me of the movie, The Sting, with uh, Robert Redford and, uh, and Paul Newman. Yeah. Rule number one, never give up the con. And they're not. They will go to, they will go to their graves talking about the big lie that the whole election fraud scheme, it's all a big lie. They're going to go to their graves with that. Hey, look, so, uh, Eric Coomer is going is to his grave saying that he didn't fix the election, even though we have all the proof in, in Colorado that everything that I said happened in the election happened. And that was on January 5th, yeah. by the way. He's also saying he didn't crash his car or his uh, truck into a, a restaurant. Yeah, he didn't do that because he's not giving up that con either. He's a, no, he's a he's sociopath. Not.
All right. So, yeah. so the thing, you know, we, we talk about, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to kind of move over a little bit and, and talk about this. And this is, you say not giving up the con Stephanie, Tom, did they not file a slander? Didn't, didn't Jack file a slander or excuse me, Jim fire a slander suit against your client, not knowing that there was video evidence. That is certainly that, that's correct. correct Joe. Uh, Jim Savage did not know that there was a whistleblower at the time. And and so you have a whistleblower, right. and he's saying, I didn't do that. I had nothing to do with it. No, there's nothing to see here. I didn't hit the building. I didn't, I didn't steal the election. I didn't do all those things. And then what happened? He was caught on tape doing all of those things, right? Uh, he's caught on tape uh, conspiring to destroy the election equipment with Jim Allen from, from um, Cook County. Uh, who came in as a fixer to clean up the election. Uh, there's so much audio and video in this case showing them ripping up the election tapes as part of a right to know request. They had to hide and destroy evidence so that the people wouldn't learn that the actual data that was in the possession of Del Delaware County didn't match what was reported as the results. Um, from the top to the bottom, we have evidence proving that they violated each and every law. But in addition, all the people yeah. that were not working to um, understand how the election even worked, bringing in people to on, on election day to run the polls and all that kind of stuff was all documented. They they did it on purpose. They knew no one knew what they were doing, and then they were easily covered up afterwards. Now, now we have tape of them saying that they were also going to have a bonfire, right? A campfire? Yes. That's correct. <laughs> like on tape, they said they're going to – he's tearing up the tapes. Mr. Producer, find that uh, cut if you would for me. I think there's two of them. He's tearing up the tapes. Election evidence. I mean, this is stuff, Mark, you can't make this up. Garland, you can't make Literally on tape, tearing up <laughs> election records. Tearing them up. Yeah. We Which, by the way, Joe. is a crime. It's a crime under uh, 52 CFR 20701. Um, That's right. But I suppose we have, to have a, we have to have a U.S. attorney that would prosecute for that, I suppose. You got to have a judiciary who's not compromised, I think. Um, yeah. Methinks they protest too much. Yeah. They literally are running around, and we have evidence of it. Garland, we're going to find that, that tearing up of the tape, but Garland, in Georgia, they've done everything to stop you and discredit you. Yeah, uh, we saw that tearing up of the tape, by the way, down here in Georgia, and we, that was very interesting. And as, George, as Mark said, it is against the law. Uh, yeah, they've, they've tried to do everything they can to stop us. We have been into court. We had a crystal clear case to inspect the Fulton County ballots. And the judge really agreed with us, made the order to unseal them, and then turned around and flipped, got nervous, and made a ruling to dismiss the case that violated 100 years of U.S. Supreme Court precedents. Um, dating back to U.S. v. Mosley, and Stephanie can probably relate to this, as well as Reynolds v. Sims, which says ballot box stuffing, uh, your right to have your vote count, uh, first of all, can, uh, is open to protection, uh, equally as open to protection as your right to put a ballot in the ballot box, and uh, your right to vote uh, cannot be diluted by ballot box stuffing. We argued that verbally. It was in our brief. Uh, it was a crystal clear case. That is now under appeal, and we think that uh, we'll get that 
uh, upheld uh, today in another case where uh, the uh, gubernatorial candidate David Perdue was uh, in court. They have ruled to preserve the records from Fulton County indefinitely instead of the two-year requirement that you know, Mark mentioned. Uh, so we're making some progress. But then the legislature, we tried to uh, do that, uh, you know, get the ballots unsealed that way, got everybody on board with it, spent a lot of time on that, only to have the governor at the last minute uh, stop it with uh, uh, the governor and the lieutenant governor, governor, both of whom, Joe, were are? elected. Hmm? Both of whom are? Uh, they were, well, they're both Republicans. And after, ah, here after, we go again. Our issue, unlike, I, I know, unlike Michigan, I know Stephanie can relate to the Democrats who've had, there have been a lot of problems up there. Our problem has always been with the Republican establishment. And one of the things that's interesting about this, Joe, that's not really well known, is both of these, the governor and lieutenant governor, came to power very strangely. Um, in 2002, when we implemented the voting system, the unverifiable voting system down here, the original one, the DRE, uh, the governor at that time ran and won. Uh, he was actually uh, running for office, never held office before. He upset an incumbent to take a state Senate seat. Uh, it was a big upset, along with the governor and, uh, and the U.S. Senate races were, were very questionable at that time. And then the lieutenant governor was elected with $2 million bucks of dark uh, money, uh, won his Republican primary in 2018. The dark money was used to attack the auditor and favorite, who was the existing Senate president, uh, David Schaefer. And then uh, he turned around in the, once he did that in the general election, we had the most, uh, probably the most uh, significant undervote and still unexplained electronic undervote in uh, Georgia history and that actually in U.S. history, I believe, and that impacted his opponent and allowed him to come to, to office. So both the governor and the lieutenant governor were selected. They were not really elected. Well, I think that's the thing that we're, we're dealing with across the nation. I mean, Mark, we, we, we have the lawsuit. We can, uh, let's first play the tapes if we could. This is them. This is the lawyer. This is, this is the lawyer. And as we're, as we're watching this, maybe you could describe for the audio version what you're seeing. Uh, Tom or Stephanie, I'll let you guys pick. Um, go ahead and play it. Tom, why do you have to rip it up? Makes you feel better. Who was that, Stephanie? <laughs> that was attorney Tom Gallagher. He works in Delaware County and he's tearing up the election tapes that come out of the tabulator with the vote totals. Uh, they received a right to know request, which is a FOIA request in, in Pennsylvania. And now they are sorting through all of the boxes with the whistleblower present and sorting through what they need to tear up and burn in the campfire. And so I think this was a, you were talking about uh, concealing election evidence, concealing what happened, who's involved with it. And we have, you know, an example here locally what's happening in Delaware County 
which made me start to think about this McKean report uh, that I reviewed where uh, Eric's McKean you had on had 25,000 ballots. Ask the question, Stephanie. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Talk Mark, right to, right to him. Know, yes, Mark, I want to know who in Arizona was responsible for burying that report. The Senate removed it, either the Senate or the attorney for the Senate removed it from Doug Logan's final report just prior to him testifying when the audit was concluded. The American people did not know about this report. It was not provided in transparency. And Eric speaking to date has never been contacted by the attorney general. And I think some of the most powerful evidence that was discovered in Maricopa, 25,000 yeah. ballots not printed from the Dominion <clears throat> PDF. And no one has talked to him. No one has uh, asked to see his evidence. Uh, well, while Stephanie comes back into this because she's breaking up, Mark, that's the Spikine yeah. report. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'll answer that question. I have no idea. And this goes immediately back to my recommendation months ago. Appoint a disinterested third party independent trustee like Janice Rogers Brown. Because I guarantee you, <laughs> had she been a part of that, that would be in the report. Now, um, perhaps offline, you can give me the name of that individual because I'm unaware of it, um, probably because it wasn't put out there. But I can ask a very pointed question to the attorney general's office. Now, keep in mind that the report that he just came out with is an interim report. So I can't say categorically that that individual is not being considered for interview. Uh, I don't know where this is at. Mark, but I get that in. Well, get that information yeah, that to me so that I can follow up. Right. That report was provided to the Attorney General in September. It is now April. Eric Spikine has never been contacted as a prosecutor with a staff. That is unacceptable. He had future work that he needed to perform. He needed to see the ballots. And he said that he would be able to figure out likely the source of where those ballots came from. 25,000 just from Maricopa. Well, and perhaps that's why they call me a political arsonist. I don't have a problem tossing that grenade in the middle of the room and asking Mr. Brnovich, could you please shed some light on why this person hasn't been contacted? Uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to go there. I personally, by the way, reached out to Brnovich's office and said, I want to get Brnovich on. Like, I'll have you on here. Tell me what you think. I'll, I'll let you speak on what evidence you're looking at or not looking at. You know, why is it that, that most people feel like you're running out the clock? And he's running for office. He's running for public office. I want to tell you that we have another sponsor, CrowdHealth. It is brought to you by CrowdHealth. Your health insurance is being bought and sold to the highest bidder, politicians, hospitals, big pharma. This is truth, guys. This is truth. This company is trying to combat truth and trying to give you the ability to keep more of your money in your pocket. The problem with insurance is that, it's, is that it doesn't work. You have high deductibles, networks, complicated exclusions, co-pays. Uh, you can, and you can't see any doctor you want. But with Crowd Health, you can. You can see whatever doctor you want. You pay the first $500, submit any bill from there, and Crowd Health community takes care of the rest. Crowd Health is a new way to pay for health care. No doctor's network, huge premiums or high deductibles, and no surprises. So here's kind of give you uh, how it works. You pay one monthly fee, a total fund your account. It's less than $200 typically for most people. 100% of your monthly contributions directly funds and reduces the health care costs of the community. Unlike insurance, you're not limited by doctor networks. Um, um, CrowdHealth helps members shop for great uh, care at fair prices, 
makes payments to doctors and members as quickly as possible and negotiates on the community's behalf when unexpected bills arise. It's totally reverses the vicious incentives that got healthcare system into the mess it is currently. So stop paying health insurance companies your hard-earned dollars. Go to joincrowdhealth.com now and experience freedom from health insurance. Right now, you can get the first six months for just $99 a month. That's almost 50% off the normal price and a lot less than the high-deductible health care plan. Just go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code FREEDOM at sign up. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code FREEDOM. And this is a disclaimer. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. All right. And lastly, uh, go to Liberty Cigars, by the way. I need some more cigars. Somebody go buy me some cigars. Buy me some cigars. I need some more of these. And use Liberty at LibertyCigars.com. Great sponsor. You get 17.76% off. All right. He is. He's running right for now. U.S. Well, Senate. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think there's a certain amount of political theater that's going on here just because of his campaign. Well, I, I would also like to know, did the senators see the report? Or was it just one attorney working for the Senate that was responsible for burying that evidence, right? Because we have substantial evidence. And what we're seeing is that there's a handful of bad actors that are working to conceal the evidence. And I want to know if it was just the attorney or did the attorney disclose that report to the elected senators that that said that they would provide transparency to the people. Um, I'm also interested in Judge Hanna. Uh, Judge Hanna had contributed to the campaign of uh, Kristen Sinema. Uh, a seated. Uh, he did not disclose that when he was hearing the case where the Senate was a party before his court. Uh, Judge Kemp ended up taking that case over sua sponte. So I was just curious, uh, d- did anyone else know about that within Arizona? Uh, has anyone uh, grieved uh, Judge Hanna uh, to the Ju- Judicial Tenure Commission for hearing a case and not disclosing that he had contributed to the campaign? of one of the parties before a case that he was hearing? Um, I, I was unaware of that, but that sure sounds like an ethics violation or ethics complaint by perhaps a member of the House of Representatives that should be sent to the bar. I agree. Um, I have okay. a question for you, Mark. Did uh, And this came across, somebody in the comments is asking this question, did Brnovich offer to allow uh, you to use his nunchucks because I know that he had that video of nunchucks. So, <laughs> add, add a little levity to it. You know, I am not going to comment on that just because I, 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 I don't. Yeah. I don't engage in sophomoric behavior, and I don't want to. I don't want to feed the beast if, if it were number yeah. one bullshit. But I will guy. tell you number this: one bo- wee woo, wee woo. <laughs> I, I will tell you this. Um, I, I've learned a couple of things on this, this interview, and I want to make sure that uh, I get that information because I'm going to ask those hard questions. I'm going to continue to ask those hard questions. You know, here's another hard question that, that I hope all of you will consider. We have had ad nauseum the number of reports of people receiving mail-in ballots at their address made out to somebody who has never lived there. Now, the question becomes... Did that individual show up on the voted roll? And if so, how did they do that if they never received a ballot? Now, I believe that that's part of the fraud scheme. And Joe, you and I had talked at the Reawaken America tour just really briefly. Um, In this next election, and we need to get ahead of this, we need to have a process for collecting those ballots so that, because they are evidence. And I would love to have the opportunity um, for us to 
create an architecture for maybe a clearinghouse, an evidentiary clearinghouse, uh, so that people can uh, call, request an envelope, an affidavit. Um, they can put it in, mail it off, and we can catalog it, log it in as evidence that we can turn over to state attorney generals and let them know, here's, here's evidence of a crime. This is ballot fraud. And somebody on the inside had to move that vote from the mailed out vote that didn't get turned in to the voted category by the individual that the ballot was made out to. That's a simple case to perform. All right. So, so I, I want to, this, we have the report for Spikine and I want to put it up for a minute, Mark, and I know you're going to get access to it. I'm going to send it to you, but this report, by the way, Eric Spikine was not aware that it was not included in the three volumes of information in, in Maricopa County, right? He goes, I was unaware. I didn't even know that they didn't include it. Like I did a report that somebody paid me to go there and do it. I did the report. He's been featured on things like, uh, the forensic files, America's Most Wanted. I mean, he has 29 years of experience looking at forensics as it as it relates to um, papers, elections, audits. And so this report, go ahead and put it up, Mr. Producer, if you would. It outlines, and this was done in September 20th, 2021. It was given to uh, Brnovich, and it says, I have been asked to review scans of microscopic photographs of the ballots in November 2020 election in Maricopa County, Arizona. I've identified over 23,000 ballots that were printed from an unidentified printing source other than directly from the PDF for the official election ballot. The ballots were counted in batches of 200 based on the count. 61 batches have been found. So these are two different things that happened, by the way. Two different things that happened. And if you go down just a little further, Mr. Producer, um, it talks about his findings and the fact that he's been doing it for nearly 30 years. And if you go a little bit further down, he, he actually outlines in this report all of the information and says, if you give me access to it, keep going, keep going, keep going. If you give me access, stop. If you give me access to these ballots, I'll be able to tell you where they were printed. Go ahead and take it down, Mr. Producer. And by the way, make sure that Mark gets this immediately in his inbox. So, so, so this is a report, and by the way, Stephanie is working with Eric Spikin, um as well, and I think you're working in, on a, a case in Michigan. Is that correct? Or is he working on the Pennsylvania case? Oh, you're muted. I've actually worked on unrelated election matters with Eric in the past. Um, he's, a, he's a great forensic expert. And what I can say about Eric is that he'll just tell you whatever he finds. He's not looking for a certain outcome. He's an unbiased, great expert that has a lot of experience and could not be persuaded. So this was not a partisan issue to him. He wasn't seeking a certain type of finding. Uh, he just wanted to see what happened and write a report on it and provide it to the, to the Senate. And the Senate uh, decided that that should not be uh, transparent for the American people. So, Tom, would you prosecute? based on the information that you've been provided, would you prosecute in, if you were the DA? Uh, yeah, and it's interesting that you asked that question because we have a situation here in Pennsylvania just right now that the DA in Lehigh County said he refused to prosecute the video evidence of the ballot stuffing. And he said it was reason why was because it wouldn't be fair to prosecute those people that we caught because there was a lot of other people that did it that we didn't catch. So that's, he's, he's sworn that's, to be our that's chief prosecutor in Lehigh County. Tom, say and that again. Guys, listen, this he's guy's a Republican. a Republican. 
He's a Republican, he's a Republican. and he will yes. not prosecute people that are are be, that are have they've literally caught ballot stuffing. And again, yes, you have little that was, Go ahead. Go ahead. That Tom, evidence sorry. was put forward in testimony at the uh, Pennsylvania's uh, House and Senate last week, and um, the Democrats stormed out of the hearing at that point. But that then was also provided to the District Attorney of Lehigh County. And he did a release, yeah, I think it was yesterday or um, maybe it was Wednesday, where he said he wasn't going to prosecute. And uh, it's just unbelievable. It's like, so when I get pulled over for, for speeding in Pennsylvania, I'm going to say to the judge, this is, you can't issue, you can't find me guilty because you didn't pull over all the other people that were speeding. It's just, it's unbelievable. And that he just gave did the Did he say that this. with a straight face? <laughs> well, he, did he really say that with a straight face? Okay. I mean, that number, was my example. Obviously, I'm, I'm, he didn't talk about speeding, but I'm sorry. I'm disgusting. sorry. We got to play this number one bullshit. You got to. Oh, you this, see this guy? See this guy? Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo because he have to go in front of the traffic. Look what I do. Twenty two, and he do wee woo wee woo. Okay, so we play that every time we get to number one bullshit guy, and that guy would qualify, Tom, would he not? Well, absolutely. And it's and it's really scary because the Democrat machine is working overtime now to make sure that they expand the uh, drop boxes in the in these two counties up there in the Lehigh Valley. And at the same time, the prosecutor had direct evidence of people stuffing these ballot boxes saying, no, we're not going to prosecute. So green light to cheat again in 22. Nobody's going to be in trouble because, well, we didn't catch everybody. Well, that's very much like the legal. That's like the legal decision out of Texas, where the Texas Supreme Court basically said prosecutors are not obligated to prosecute on election fraud cases. What? The message that they sent was, yeah, oh yeah, that was Harris County, Harris and Tarrant County. Oh, Tarrant County, yeah. you mean the one that went towards uh, Democrat for the first yeah. time and literally since the Civil War? <laughs> yeah, that one. Okay, not maybe yeah, it's that's, war, that's the 1960s. And that brings you back to the problem with Delaware County in that situation, because, you know, again, the fraud is so overwhelming there. And 40 percent of all the drop boxes in Pennsylvania were in that one county. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Tom, do you have that clip of him saying that? I don't have a clip of it. He put it in writing and uh, I can provide that. I don't have it available right now. But yes, we, he, yeah. he did a release. Oh, I would love to have that. I yeah, would love to have a copy problem. of that, please. So, so what I'd like we're going to gonna make with, that guy famous. So, so what I'd like to do is take all the information that we have across all states, and I want to build a document. I want to build a, a book, right? A report that includes all the evidence in every state that we know of, documented evidence, and then I want to go out there and I want to hand that out to the public. I literally want to walk door to door because obviously the media is not going to cover it, but let's hand it out door to door and say, make the decision yourself because 68% of the public knows that the election was stolen in 2020. And, and when so, asked, so, go ahead, sorry, Garland, go ahead. Well, Joe, I was just going to suggest you're going to need a mobile library just for what we have in Georgia. Uh, yeah, yeah, I might bring a truck. I didn't say I wouldn't put it in a truck. Like volume 5,000. Un unbelievable evidence. No, no, no. Go ahead. But the, so the, the things that I'm worried about are they're gaslighting it. But as you said, Tom, he's a Republican. Mark, you guys did not decertify because of Republicans. Stephanie, the things you're dealing with in, in Michigan, we haven't even talked about that yet. That's right. Well, and don't I, forget I like Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> 
there, there's so much evidence that's overwhelming. Uh, we're going to put on my website a place to drop uh, any evidence or FOIA requests that people have uh, conducted throughout the country. And we'll be posting our results as well so that everybody can take a look at it and start to compare state to state uh, what they're finding. Uh, in Michigan, we have a secretary of state that's acting as a dictator. Uh, here, she seized a local clerk's tabulator because she wouldn't perform an update. The local clerk said, I want to follow the law. I can't perform the update at this time. First of all, it's not necessary at this time, but uh, it will wipe my November 2020 election data, so I can't have the update done. Um, the clerk has an expert report saying, had she performed that update, that it would have, in fact, uh, wiped the election data that the Secretary of State insists is not even on the tabulator. So the Secretary of State used the police as a puppet uh, to go. Oh, looks like we, we lost Stephanie there for a minute, and she is driving back home, I do believe. Um, so, Joe, Joe, you asked a question earlier. This is the lawless nature of the institutions that now govern elections. And, uh, you know, there was a, I think there was a, a short movie about uh, the Battle of Athens, Tennessee. People yes. need to remember that. Yes. Garland, what um, did you have to say? Joe, no, I was just going to, I got to give uh, Mark and all the folks in Arizona a little bit of credit, though, because you guys did get that audit done. And um, here in Georgia, just to give this goes to your point about Republicans, uh, Joe. So, I mean, Arizona had a very slim, I think, one seat majority in the Senate. Our majority in Georgia is one seat plus 50 percent. We have a 34 to 22 majority in Georgia, Republican majority. And we have in the House another 20, 30 seat difference. I think it's 30 seats. Um, we are overwhelmingly Republican in Georgia, and yet we could not get our cowardly rhinos to conduct a legitimate nonpartisan audit of the election in the state of Georgia. So my hat's off to the folks in Arizona. You, you did get that done with a very, very slim majority. So we appreciate you out there. Well, I wish it re I really wish it was um, a, a truly transparent audit. Um, I, I think it's a shining example. I'm a Six Sigma guy. All right. It's a shining yeah. example of what not, of what not to do. Of what not to do. There were things that could have been done that weren't done. For example, focusing on the mail in uh, affidavit envelopes. Right off the bat, we know that there are thousands that had no signature. Right. When the margin of error exceeds the margin of victory, you have to call it what it is, irredeemably compromised. And here, because of a lack of chain of custody, Heather Honey did some great work on tracking all of that down. The, the lack, <laughs> it's stunning. The lack of chain of custody documentation. We have 700,000 plus ballots that are unaccountable for. You know, with this disclosure that Stephanie's just made that I was unaware of, and, and understand, I'm in the House of Representatives, not in the Senate, so there's a lot of stuff that goes on over there I don't know a darn thing about because it's, it's covered up, all right? And this is one of those cases. So thank you yeah. for the compliment. I mean, I'm glad that we at least took a step 
I think in the right direction, but it was a pretty small step. And uh, like I say, I demonstrated how not to do an audit. Um, mm -hmm. There are there are many things that can be done that aren't going to cost us a lot of money to do, and they didn't yeah. focus on those. So, uh, and Mark, to your, go to ahead, your go point, ahead, real quick. I'm sorry, go ahead, John. No, go, Garland. Go, go, go. Uh, hundred, we you know we had a hundred thousand ballots that were had no chain of custody forms from drop boxes. Just to give you an example, on the show last week with Joe, we walked through every single ballot image in Fulton County. Five hundred twenty-four thousand votes. Not a one of the electronic votes can be authenticated properly, and that was just Fulton yep. County. We found one point seven million original ballot images from the November election lost or destroyed across uh, about 70 counties here in 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 Georgia. It's just it's all massive, uh, uh, crazy stuff that would have certainly justified the decertification election. And to the credit, I got to give the, a little bit of credit to our Senate Judiciary Committee. We we held these hearings back in December of 2020. And the Senate subcommittee recommended that the race not be certified uh, because of all the discrepancies. And they didn't have, even at that time, uh, a third of the evidence of what we have now. Yeah. So I'm going to give you guys all a, we're out of time, but I'm going to give you all a couple minutes to kind of just wrap up. And then, and then Stephanie, we'll let you go first. I know you're, you're, you're basically uh, out of time. Um, before we do that, I want to show you guys something. I built this in uh, January, actually December of 2020, and you know I believe in the small cons and the big cons. But if you're if you can see this, this is basically a schematic of how the elections go with absentee ballots and and mail-in ballots and how you scan those for envelopes for barcodes and then you inspect the signatures. And I identified the six areas inside of Dominion Voting Systems specifically that will allow for fraud, but concentrating on uh, the adjudication number two, which is the adjudication number one is just a signature verification and how connected to the internet um, would, if they connect to the internet and the system goes down and comes back up, which happened in Georgia, happened in Pennsylvania, happened in Michigan, happened in Wisconsin, had happened in Colorado and happened in, it happened all over the country um, in what's called the Edison zero. But in adjudication two, you have the ability to suspend and put fake ballots and phantom ballots into that. That's the report that we saw that came out of Mesa County with the separate databases. Um, but I did this before we did any research, by the way. Any research. There was, there was no digging in the machines. There was no audit. There was none of that information at all. We've, I built this. And take it down, Mr. Producer. My, my question and how you answer each of you is, is the mail-in ballot system, is that system specifically designed to bloat and steal the vote of the American people? And, and you know, what's the solution in your state specifically and how you resolve that? And Stephanie, I'll let you go first. Thank you, Joe. Um, I think the mail-in ballots are a huge problem and we have voter roll problems. And I think the two go hand in hand um, when you have an inflated voter roll. And I find it highly suspicious that the Michigan Secretary of State uh, wanted the EPB sticks deleted. She wanted the full book at the local level. Uh, none of that quite makes sense. In fact, we're looking into some data where we're finding here in Michigan that we have two voter IDs for one individual in a number of different circumstances. And I'd like to talk to you about that in the near future. 
Uh, but what I think is the real solution here is we see a lot of problems, right? There was questions about, did we have foreign interference? Did we have ballot stuffing with mail-in ballots? Did we have, you know, I could go on and on. It would be to go back to paper ballots pounded by the local clerk that's known by his or her community. Uh, they're known in the community as a trusted person. It could be videotaped, but no machines. So if we eliminate the machines and we go back to one day, one vote, one legal vote with ID, counted by the local clerk without any machines, without any vendors, I think we eliminate uh, any potential, obviously, for foreign interference. That's eliminated right off the top. And then uh, we eliminate so many different avenues that fraud has taken place in the 2020 election. And I think that's what we need to move to addressing in the near future. All right, Stephanie, I want to say thank you for thank you for joining us. You're amazing. You're a patriot. You're fighting tirelessly and um, we will continue to support you and we'll give we'll bring everyone in for updates of this as well. Tom. Thank you, Joe. Let me unmute myself there. Yes. Um, the whole mail in ballot situation is a debacle in Pennsylvania. It was given to us by the Republican legislature uh, in Act 77. They continue to defend their actions. And several of those people who push that are now on the ballot for either governor or other positions in Pennsylvania this year. But I am heartened by the uh, uh, the public actually having a lot more knowledge, I think, than than we thought they did. There was a, uh, a straw poll done at the Pennsylvania Leadership Conference last week, which is like the Pennsylvania version of CPAC. And the number one issue of concern to these people was voter fraud. So that was a good sign as well. And we are uh, addressing these uh, issues with all of these candidates and basically saying, you think you have the right to run for office um, when you supported Act 77, you've got to go. So there's a lot of pushback and a lot of knowledge of how bad this system is in Pennsylvania and the grassroots is very activated. So I'm very pleased to see that part of it. But the answer in terms of the legal remedies would be that our legislature is not going to push anything right now, but they need to uh, repeal Act 77. And their answer is, although we have both majorities, Governor Wolf will veto it. We are demanding that they do it and force that veto so that we can make an issue of it coming up in the election. But uh, we'll see what happens. It's, it's really disgusting. And as all of you have said, the Republican establishment, not the Republican base, but the Republican establishment is responsible for all of our problems. They were the ones that supported Act 77. They're the ones that have had majorities in both houses for a long time and have given us nothing but a disaster in our state. Well, I got to tell you, I want to thank you for standing up. I know it's been uh, difficult. I know that there, uh, the attacks on you um, specifically for being the attorney of record and, and, and working hard and tirelessly on, this, on these cases in Pennsylvania. And so I just want to thank you and all the listeners. Thank you. I think that everyone thanks you, both Mark and Garland. want to thank you as well. But uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Garland. Okay, Joe. So Georgia had reasonably strong mail-in ballot procedures before Brad Raffensperger was elected in, in uh, 2000. Uh, uh, I, I, 18, I think it was. So what I, what happened here in Georgia was this subversion, these drop boxes which were installed externally. Uh, there's going to there's literally we found I don't know how many teams of I think there were ten teams of ballot harvesters operating uh, in Georgia in the metro Atlanta area. This is all going to come out with the true the vote uh, in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, they've done a lot of incredible research. 
Uh, I do vote by mail. The issues that we, the problem with, the reason why we have to vote by mail in Georgia is because our voting machines are illegal, as you know, uh, Joe. They uh, are QR coded and the machines accumulate votes that are in a QR code you, you can't verify. So in Georgia, the mail-in ballot is the only way we can cast a verifiable vote that can be audited. So um, we're not necessarily opposed against a mail-in voting. However, to your point, we want to, there's certain things that have to be done. One is we have to make the back office process totally transparent. So that means uh, you uh, as a Democrat or Republican, whoever should be able to watch that process. You should have poll watchers there to watch the entire process of how those mail-in ballots are received and treated. And then, of course, the drop boxes need to go. We banned them uh, out from outdoors, but we didn't ban them uh, indoors. So there is a, a, a drop boxes can still be put in a polling location. And the problem we have right now is the poll, the poll managers are not legally required to uh, challenge a ballot harvester if the harvester entered the, the polling location. So what we're trying to do is lock down some of these rules and laws, uh, and particularly a lot of this can be done with state election board rules. So hopefully we're trying to lock that down, get it in place. And uh, then I think you'll see a different outcome here in, in Georgia in the near future. We can only pray and do the hard work. In other words, work the problem, make sure we stop them from stealing it. You're not gonna be able to fully start fraud from happening, but I want to thank you, Garland, for your tireless effort. I've asked you before, why do you do it? And, and you know, because you could be sitting out there relaxing, enjoying retirement, and you're not. You're fighting for future generations. So God bless you, and I just want to thank you, Sorry. as our listeners do. Mark. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate the opportunity. This has been a great, a, a great opportunity to have a, a frank discussion about some of the problems that we're facing. Um, I, I, two observations. One is, I think that in the coming election, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a prediction here. You are going to see average citizens coming out in force, not just to vote, but to watch the collection boxes. They're going to stand there with cameras, and they're going to be cr chronicling what's going on. We have, I think, unleashed a force of citizen journalists to memorialize everything that's going on because the media sure as hell isn't going to say something. So it's going to have to be the people. Point number two, um, you know, back in the 90s, they sold the people on the idea that we needed to speed up the counting of votes. Well, I'm not sure who that's, whose interest that serves other than the media, and they don't exactly like truth. So we had a got shoved out of the, the electoral process. And, you know, you've heard me say before, elections belong to the people, not to the government. Well, we have the hanging chad thing that happened in 2000. So mechanical tabulation was a problem. So they went to electronic tabulation. Now they've seen that electronic tabulation is the problem. Well, in doing all of that, they have shoved the people out of their own election. So I am a big fan of small precincts, precincts no larger than 1,200 people. You vote in person on election day with a paper ballot, and that ballot gets counted at the polls, Amen. at the precinct level. Then it goes into a box and is sealed with a tamper-proof seal. 
And then it is accompanied by both a Republican and a Democrat to the very place where it will be consolidated, along with the chain of custody documents posted on the outside of the box. This is not rocket science. This is the simplest thing on the planet to do. If it were not so, how is it that the U.S. military was able to launch a fraud-free election in theater in Afghanistan? I don't know. How Quiz did, me how that one. I mean, come on. Why do you have they, to talk? They went to paper ballots. I, you know, I don't. <laughs> they went to paper ballots, voting on one day, and put your finger in the ink so you only get one. All right. So I think that there, we've got an opportunity here, and uh, you know, hope springs eternal from this guy. I think that the people have had their nose shoved in a pile, and they are sick and tired of it, and they are going to come out in force. They're going to throw people out of office. They are going to directly supervise wherever they can elections. And I think that here in Arizona, um, we are pushing very hard right now. Uh, and I'm, I'm pushing the attorney general to take a very close look at uh, Article 14, Section 18 of the Arizona Constitution, which prohibits the use of private corporation money to affect an election. And that's exactly what Zuckerberg did. And his people should be prosecuted for criminal activity. So my question to, and, and we know who they are, they wrote the checks. And we've got county supervisors who received the checks. And if the attorney general of the state of Arizona can't engage in that one simple act, he's not got my vote for a U.S. Senator. I just want to that's tell not, you, Mark. That's a question of competence. It's a question I, I, of competence. And I, I'm, and to, I'll to not abide comes, by it. To me, it comes down to courage. I mean, as, as, and, and, and the one thing that can be heard across the board, Garland, you said it, Stephanie said it, Tom, you said it, Mark, you said it, is that our problem is not the Democrats. Our problem is not the That's Democrats. Right. Our problem is the Republicans that are actual Democrats that are wrapped in Republicans. They are the wolf in sheep's clothing. Sorry, I said it. And, and we're trying to do something about that down here, Joe, in another month. I want to tell you that uh, Ken Buck, they just had a, a part of the primary um, and they had a, uh, a uh, major upset. Uh, there's a guy named Bob Lewis running against Ken Buck in Colorado. And Ken Buck has been a long-term politician. He just got um, voted out of the primaries, 62% to 38%. So we're, we're hoping that we can have free and fair um, elections. We're hoping that the work that we're doing right now will lead to free and fair elections and the people's voice will actually be heard. Um, and you're right, Mark, we're, we're going to have people watching every box. We have an entire campaign in Colorado and in Wyoming and in uh, Arizona and in Texas where we have people that are, that are lining up in this organization, FEC United, to watch those polls. Literally put cameras on them everywhere, 24 hours a day. They have shifts to make sure that we're actually watching these polls and confronting people with video when they actually come in there with a bunch of ballots and try to stuff the ballot boxes, right? It's not going to stop the, the, the remote counting and some of the stuffing that can happen, but what it will do is it'll allow us to see how many people are actually in these particular positions. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for the work that you're doing in your states, and thank you for being a tireless voice for the American people. God bless you. Thank, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. We appreciate you too. All right. So, you know,
Mr. Producer, there's so much stuff that we, we want to go over, right? That we want to, you know, that, that, that is happening in every state and they have politicians and they have people that are saying that they need to stop talking about it. See, they're, they're continuing down this path to say doubling down on the lie. And the lie is, is that the elections were stolen inside of the machines. Now, were there ballot box stuffers and were there mules? The answer is yes, there were. 100% they were. 100%. But that's not the big con. That's 10,000, 20,000. That's not the millions of election votes that were stolen. And the significance of this, of this show today specifically, is that the Republicans are, are, are the ones that are the betrayers of the American people. They are the ones that have the ability to counter-yoke what is happening state by state and hold these people accountable, hold these election machines accountable. But they're not doing it because they're not Republicans. Now, take Republican and Democrat and stick it in a hole. Just put it in a hole somewhere. We used to be able to walk next door to our neighbor and be like, hey, listen, bro, how you doing? You want a beer? You want to sit down? Let's have a barbecue. I can still do that to my, my neighbors. Last night, I talked to my neighbor on the way home. She's a Democrat. They're registered Democrats. They're both attorneys. And they're like, Joe, what's going on? I'm like, hey, man, love you guys. She goes, we're, we're, we're rooting for you. And there are a lot of Democrats that have come to me and said, we're rooting for you. We're, we're literally praying for you, Joe. And we have our differences. But you know what? Those differences do not transcend the, the, the soul of our nation, like the, literally the soul of our nation. And so I tell you that the only reason, only way we're going to get through all this is if we stick together. It is us versus them. It is us versus them. It is America first. I want to see Democrat candidates come out of the woodwork, if you're in a Democrat-controlled environment, that walks into your constituents and says to them very clearly, says this, I am America first. And they're going to go, oh my gosh, a Democrat that's talking that way. Why not? Why can't Republicans walk into Democrat environments and say, I'm a Democrat? Well, how do you feel about abortion? I'm pro-life. And by the way, about 60% of Democrats are pro-life. You didn't know that, did you? We have been voting on single issues. This is my take on everything you just heard. Arizona, and we're going to have Colorado and Wisconsin on. Tim Rantham, uh, unfortunately, could not make it here today. But we're going to have them on as well. And we're going to talk through this process of these other states. They need to stop treating people as if somewhere along the line they're not credible people. I'm not a podcaster. I was a tech CEO. I employed 230 people across five different industries. I was a reverse tither. I still am. I still give. I don't make any money, and I still give. And I'm running out of money, <laughs> which is okay, which is okay. But the things that we do when we stand up, when they, when they describe you, is they do it to discredit you. Sean Smith out of Colorado, Lieutenant Colonel, Excuse me, I'm sorry, he was a colonel in the U.S. military, spent over 20 years in the military, would brief and give advice to Department of Defense, higher-ups. And yet now he's been called a conspiracy theorist. Mike Lindell sold pillows. He's an ex-crack addict. He didn't need to get involved in any of this. It would not have affected him. He's very honest about who he is. And he steps out there and he's like, I was a crack addict. Who does that and then steps in the middle of an election deal? Who does it? 
every time we turn around, we forget that we are actually the answer, that we are the answer. We are the ones that can actually solve all of this. And for those of you on the audio version, I got to tell you, I do go on these and I talk to you about courage being more infectious than fear and standing up and talking about the truth and challenging every single time somebody stands on that stage and said, there's no election fraud, the machines are safe, saying, I reject you. You guys haven't read the reports? Read the reports. How many of the reports have you left? Challenge them and say, look, I'm not an election denier. I'm, a, I'm America first. We just can't put together the full conversation. Nobody wants to debate me. I've asked them all. I think we even asked for Heidi Beetle to come on here, didn't we, Sean Beetle? Oh, we've asked for Heidi. We've asked for Kyle Clark, I mean, other come media. On. But they well, won't come on. No, and this They is won't come on. We'll even set the rules. Let, they can set the rules. <laughs> yeah, I speak first. You must maintain monotone. No playing number one bullshit guy. No, no hand movement. No hand movement. Oh, I can't do that. I cannot do that. No, no. See, th I told them you set the rules. But they won't come on and debate me because I'm highly, I, I'm highly informed on every front. And when I've been wrong, I've come on here and said I'm wrong. And there are some times that I get a little upset. Yeah. And then I'm fine. Mr. Producer, am I not fine? One minute later, I'm like, brah. No, you, you go I'm from wondering. super pissed off and then it's over. It's gone. It's and like half a minute. No, it, it is really. Like you, you can go from 10 to like Zero. real good, real fast. Yeah. And this is, the, but this, these are like two big psyops that they do. It's just like my pillow. He's the pillow guy. He's the ex crackhead. You're the podcaster, which is not true. Uh, Eric Coomer's the expert, right? They they play all these games. Uh, your neighbors are just, they're just Republicans. They're just QAnon. They, they play all these games because they don't want to look at the merits. They don't want to look at people are doing what they're actually bringing to the table. It's all about these these word games. And the I, th I think the courage that people lack is because of these same games where they divide everyone because they know it's it's easy that they can screw with and, and frankly beat 10,000 little groups of people. Whereas if you had one big group of people who was just like, no, we're just for America and we're patriots. We don't want to deal with this garbage. It's over. And that's why. It's because people feel isolated. That's why no one goes to their neighbors. When someone moves into, into your neighborhood, very few people go say, hi, I'm your neighbor. Welcome to the neighborhood. Who are you? No one does it anymore. And that's why. Because they want everyone to feel isolated and to feel alone. That's a, I think that's a big reason why people lack the courage. Because they don't feel like there's anyone on their side. Yeah. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. It's lonely. It's lonely standing up for truth because a lot of people don't have courage, which is why I tell the people that are here listening right now, have courage. Act in faith. Have faith and act in that faith. I mean, it took a whole, it took a whole army, a whole army of people with David and Goliath. David, his brothers didn't want to go fight Goliath. Nobody did. They saw this muscle-bound guy, and they said, oh, we got to be afraid. Look at him. They're all so big. David walks up and he's like, what's up? One of these days, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what my friend did and do the 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 the, the modern day David versus Goliath. Pulls up in a little Mini Cooper, playing a little bebop. <laughs> pulls up, goes, "What's up, guys?" They're like, "Oh man, look, look down there. That guy's got a monster truck. Look how big that dude is. He, that truck is lifted like eight inches." <laughs> and and by the way. I, I can't get it. He's listening to like satanic music down there and look at his long locks and he's trying to bang out to the guitar. And oh man, David looks at his brother and says, bro, I got this. Watch this. I'm going to go down there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to break some knees. And they're like, what? You're not going to break knees. Yeah. So God came down and told me that I need to go down there and whoop that dude. 
<laughs> right? So they were burning like, uh, the burning uh, monster truck. We need to truck. put some plates on you. Let's put on these massive plates on you. And, you know, we'll get you a helmet, you know, like the full, you know, clock gear. So you're fully just outfitted, right? And then you just run down there. We're going to put an AR-15 on you, a couple, you know, sidearms, right? Get you a, a, a karambit so that if you have to get close, you have some, a good knife to take care of business. And he's like, nah, I'm good. I got my T-shirt on. Right? And by the way. I'll throw you on your neck. I'll throw you on your neck. I'm, I'm going to do it with a <laughs> rock. I'm going to run down there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm, he looks down and he's like, oh, look, there's a little itty-bitty rock. Picks up that rock. Says, see you guys. And they're like, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to go whoop that dude's butt right down there. I'm going to go take care of business. And they're like, dude, you're nuts. I'm so afraid. I can't. Oh, my gosh. And they called us right-wingers. We need to stand back from that line because, you know, we can't, we can't, they're going to attack us. We got we to, I don't know, maybe we should, like, uh, uh, build a chasm or something so they can't get across it. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to take his truck. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, this is the true. This is modern-day warfare. And we listen to these people, and we, we know that the mainstream media is not believable, but we listen to them. We listen to them, and we are so afraid to speak truth. We're afraid to treat, speak truth on Ukraine. We're afraid to speak truth on what's, you know, the, 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 the virtue signaling that's happening, on our elections, critical race theory. You name it, we're afraid to speak it because the people that are Republicans are not Republicans. And then we, well, we buy into their game, too. Like, oh, oh, I can't say that Ukraine isn't a victim because they might call me a, Russia, a Russian sympathizer. I can't, I can't, uh, they, they said we might be the militia. Uh, we, we can't, we can't be the militia. Why? What's wrong with that? I think we can. You got to stop playing by their game. All right. Well, listen, we're out of time. So, you know, we, we are out of time. And I want to say this because um, there, we, we, we've had a messed up last few days. Max's true last day is today. But I want to tell you that Max has started a new show. It's called The Max McGuire Show. I mean, he's had some great stuff that he goes over. If any of you guys don't know Max, Max and I decided we were going to do separate shows. He's going to go off and do his own thing. He's one of the probably one of the best researchers I've ever come across. He's one of the smartest people that I've ever had the chance to be partners with. And frankly, we're still partners. But he is, um, he is going to go do The Max McGuire Show. I am going to try and get him on over the next 10 days to basically be able to talk to you guys and do a best of show of all the great times that Max and I have had together over the last eight years. So if you get a chance to support Max, uh, go to the Max McGuire show. We'll be, I'll be periodically posting his stuff. Um, I think he still has access to um, some channels. If he doesn't, we'll give it to him so he can continue to uh, push out the truth that he has. We disagree in some areas. We agree in most areas. One thing that I can say about Max is that um, over the last eight years, and I'm just going to use a couple of examples for you. When my brother was murdered by a police officer, Max was there. When things in my life were upended as a result of just uh, not having the ability to cope with all the things that were happening in my life, and, and by the way, that, there was a time in that because losing your brother is one thing. Losing your brother getting murdered by a police officer is something completely different. And so he's always been a good friend to me. He is family to me. And so I just want you to know if you can support Max McGuire, it is the Max McGuire Show. He is on the audio version as well. You can look it up at the Max McGuire Show. Go there, give him a five-star review, follow him, um, and we'll have him back on as well. Um, and, and you can follow him at Max McGuire. I think he's on Truth Social. Not sure. 
Um, no, he's not. He's not on True Social No, because he doesn't have an iPhone. Ah, shit. Okay. So well, he's on Rumble. Um, you can also find him on the audio on uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, TuneIn. Right. Perfect. Perfect. We will get him back on. He's a little mad at me. We, we've had a screwed up last three days, and we have things planned out for the next two weeks, but uh, I don't think he's mad at me. That's not, that's not an accurate deal. He's just disappointed because I wanted to get him on uh, before his last day, which was today. All right, now that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. You can find us on Rumble. Please follow us on Rumble, share, and um, subscribe. So smash the Rumble button on your way out. I mean, it's I a little plus button. It's please a little plus please button. hit it. See a little plus button down there? I don't know how you guys miss it. Put it up on the screen at one point and just show them where the Rumble button is. Here, actually, I'll do it right now. <laughs> Keep talking and I'll put it up. All right. So if you, if you want to uh, hear us live, we go live on uh, conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, Frank, uh, speech and cloud hub we've got some great announcements coming with something that's going to happen uh with uh one of our partners and so here is just for everyone uh who can't see button. down there i'm gonna the rumble button here let me uh let me put this up here i see it so what do you put what was that little arrow for this little arrow is here's oh, the rumble go. button rumble right button there, right there, right there. <laughs> okay. little plus all right smash that little plus smash the plus smash the plus okay so the other thing is you can follow me on uh, Truth Social at Joe Oltman. You can follow me on Telegram uh, at t.me slash Joe Oltman. Um, and you can find Conservative Daily. Also follow Conservative Daily, t.me slash Conservative Daily. Um, if you want to listen to us on the audio version, you have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Um, sh give us a five-star review. Uh, make sure you make it over to Max's as well. Please give him a five-star review. Download his um, uh uh, shows because literally that is what moves him up in the rankings as well. Okay, on the other side is is that if you need a reminder when we go live, you can text the word freedom to 89517. Inside of our description, there's where you can sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter, right? And lastly, become a member. It's $10 a month. Do you want to buy me a coffee? Do you, list, do you enjoy listening to what we have? You can go to the very top of Conservative Daily's website at conservative-daily.com. Uh, hit the join button. It's $10 a month, right? And you can, if you want to be a, a bigger supporter, it's great. We have the Defender Patriot, Super Patriot and Founder. I do want to thank those people that have signed up um, over the last couple of days. It's been great. And we're also going to have, when you become a member, some content that I'll be sending out there, some invites to different things. Um, and you'll get, uh, you know, the, the other part is, is that I've been asked to now go to different parts of the country um, and visit different parts of the country. So um, if you want me to come to your area, the last part of this is FEC United. FEC United is an organization that stands for Faith, Education, and Commerce. FECUnited.com. Um, it should be a de facto sponsor of the show, but um, it, it is something that's near and dear to my heart because at some point, as, as uh, some of the people on here talk about, and I'm going to use Tim, um, who says that I'm censoring him on Telegram. Tim, I'm not censoring you on Telegram. Hit me up on Signal, and I will literally make sure I put you back on if they did take you off. The other part is, is that at FEC United, we want to stand together as a community. So go there and become a part of the community. You can go to the Commissioned app on Apple or, um, uh, was it, the, the Google Play Store? Yep, they have uh, both, Android you, and Apple. Or you can go to commission.global and sign up there and just go find me on the um, FEC United. And then we're rolling out basically sub-communities or chapters across all 50 states. And we have FEC United for all 50 states. Once you're engaged in that, um, you become a member, you can connect with other members in that environment as well. So go to FECUnited.com. Okay, guys, listen. We don't win anything. Like, we, we don't win anything until we 
take a deep breath and take that first step. We've all been in fights when we were kids and we got punched and we're like, oh, it didn't, it didn't feel so bad. You survived it. Well, getting punched on the, where, where they bully you, intimidate you, try to cancel you is much like the same way. We must stand together shoulder to shoulder. We must stand up for truth. When they start putting things in front of us that divide us, a house divided cannot stand. And that's what they're doing right now. They're trying to destroy this country by dividing us. So stand together, do things to stand together, have hard conversations with people in your community about what they really need. Run for office, do something, but be an arbiter of reality and stand as an ambassador for truth. Without that, we cannot win. God bless you all. Galatians 4.16 says, am I the enemy because I tell you the truth? Use that as your, as your guiding light, truth. God bless you all. I'll see you. I'm not here tonight, but they have a great show planned for you tonight. Um, I'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. God bless you all.